that point in the chart is special because it's, it's how we know ourselves, how you know yourself is how you know everything else, because everything that comes to you is tempered through your experience in your body, in your mind, in your being. Hello and welcome to The Real Raw You. I'm Jenneth Blacker. And I'm Jonda Watson, and we talk about all things oneness, sex, and relationships. As well as meditation, wellness, and awakening with a flare of fun. All to help you become the real raw you. Subscribe and listen weekly to this juicy, orgasmic experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Real Raw You podcast. My name is Jenneth Blackert, and this below me is my co-host, Jonda Watson. And today we're joined with Emily Ridout, and we are going to talk about the lion's gate. We're also going to talk about some astro yoga and how this mixture of yoga and astrology as a practice is really phenomenal. Emily Ridout is an astro yoga specialist. She is committed to sharing astrology, yoga, mind, body connection with the world. She is a professional astrologer and yoga teacher, and she loves making the esoteric accessible and applicable to everyday life. She offers astrology, yoga, and astro yoga private sessions, memberships, and astro yoga teacher training. Welcome, Emily. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here with both of you. Tell us what astro yoga is. Until uh, we met you, I had never heard of it before. You know, you're not alone. A lot of people have never heard of astro yoga, and yet um, I didn't make it up. It's been around for thousands of years. Quite simply, it's yoga combined with astrology. So astrology, we each have our own unique chart, and then we each have our, our lives, right, which take place in the midst of many, many transits. And so all of these things have associations in the physical body and also in your subtle body. So your energy, how you show up in the world. And so using yoga to navigate astrology is the act of doing the right postures, the right practices that actually help you use this energy and manifest your best life as opposed to perhaps fighting against the reality of what is and draining your own energy. So this is, this is the practice of bringing that energy in and using it for your highest good. Very cool. So tell us some of the benefits of astro yoga. Well, um, you, so each of us has this chart, right? And we, you probably had days that felt like your best self, and you've probably had days that felt like your not best self. And so using these practices can help you actually show up in a way that's aligned with you, right? The way that you personally need to motivate, the way that you personally need to feel balanced, to feel good, to be in your best state. Um, this helps you actually do that as opposed to have more of those days where you're not not feeling like your shiny best self. Mm -hmm. It also can help you if you are going through a time of challenge to figure out how to move forward, to have the practices that will support you um, so that you're not just trapped in a state of looking at the, the challenge or the roadblock, but you can move forward and find a way to navigate through it. Cool. So how do you work with people? Do you work with people like in a group setting and everyone's done their chart and um, like, how does that all work? Sometimes I do that. So I have a membership program where I do group sessions where we talk about particular phenomena. And then we go in in small groups and look at, oh, how is this showing up in your chart, in your chart, in your chart? I also have private astrology clients where they come every month and we look at their charts piece by piece. And I also work with groups of teacher training students who are learning how to do this for their students, for their people that they work with. So you can do it different ways. Um, certainly in the group is good and personal. Of course, you get a lot more detail because it can get quite complex, although it doesn't have to be, you know, people can get started just knowing their sun sign and perhaps their moon and rising sign. Oh, super cool. Super cool. So yeah. go ahead. Uh, what, so, and one of the topics that I wanted to jump into was, um, you know, I'm not even sure that everyone knows their signs, their moon sign, their sun sign, their rising sign. Could you take a minute to explain that? 
Totally. So if, if you only know your sun sign, you're not alone. So the sun sign is the Zodiac sign that most people think they are today, right? That's based on your birthday. And most of us know that from horoscope columns, Um, but the moon sign and rising sign come into play. They're known in astrology as your big three, and you have a sign for every planet. And truly you have the whole Zodiac in your chart in different configurations, But the rising sign is what was right on the horizon when you were being born into this world. So what was rising at the time and place of your birth? Hmm. So that's the rising or the ascendant, it's sometimes called. Um, And then the moon sign is simply where the moon was in the zodiac. So the moon is much faster through the zodiac than the sun every month or moon, right? It goes through um, the Zodiac about every 28 days. So, yeah, I know that it's really important also for people to cycle um, that astrology has something with their actual feminine cycle. Do you, can you share a little bit about that moon cycle or do you live by your moon cycle or your own personal cycle? Do you know about that? I've heard that a few times. Totally. So in astrology, things are gendered and that's not to say gendered in the way that we, we like to gender our bodies or our, our identities as human beings, but they're gendered in the more traditional ideas of, um, feminine, masculine, don't get caught up on those words. Cause I know that gender is complex in a spectrum, but, um, there's something to do with activity and receptivity. There's something to do with, um, aesthetic versus, um, you know, just structure. And so in, in astrology, the moon is the more feminine of the luminaries and the sun is the more masculine. And when we say that, you know, it doesn't mean anything about your human gender, but we do express that way, those traditionally associated ideas. And so the moon has to do with how we nurture, how we'd like to be nurtured, how we feel, Mm -hmm. how we emote, and also how we cycle in our bodies. It actually has to do with the subconscious building principle of the body. And that's not to say that it's below or lesser than other forms of consciousness, but that it is the thing that we're not always aware of. It's that intelligence that builds you up so that you can be healthy and well. It's that intelligence that keeps your heart beating and your lungs breathing. And when you tap into that, it's incredibly potent and powerful. And so you can see why um, our ancestors associated this with femininity because it is the subconscious building principle that um, produces children, that um, creates nurture, um, that really ties us to one another in forms of our social bonds. And so when you look at your moon cycle, you're not just looking at um, perhaps if you're a menstruating person, you know, the experience of moving through the zodiac and feeling the monthly shifts in your physical body, although that's a piece of it and can be tracked using astrology. But you're also looking at what are these subtle shifts, you know, day by day, how am I feeling? Am I feeling good? Um, If I'm not, what can I do to make myself move into a space where I'm feeling good, where I'm creating the circumstances for well-being in my life, both emotionally, physically, um, and spiritually. And so the moon is there to, to teach us that and also teach us about the cycles of waxing and waning, right? In different moments, we're growing, we feel excited, we're, you know, thrilled about life. And in other moments, we're, we're somewhat depleted, we're ready for rest, we're ready to go back into ourselves and nurture. And so the moon in its phases, both as it transits and in your chart can show up that, that way. Um, so you have a moon phase in your chart, you have a moon sign in your chart. And um, just by learning the moon sign can teach you a lot about how you can emotionally balance. Right. So if we want to make this really pragmatic for the audience, then they would want to Google or find out what their big three are. And then can you talk to us a little bit about how we would utilize that? You know, I, you know, cause I, I know I'm a Libra 
And I know that when I go go and read real astrology and not just the funny ones, <laughs> I know that they're often very much aligned with, you know, how I'm vibing in that moment. Can you talk just a little bit about, you know, what we should pay attention to? And is there anything really unique that we need to look for when we're, you know, looking for horoscopes and other information? Like, I literally don't know that much at all about this. Totally. So if you are a very beginner and you're able to figure out what's my moon, my rising and my sun sign, which you can do with a quick Google, if you know what time you were born and the moon sign, even if you don't know what time you were born exactly, you can usually figure out, Mm -hmm. um, a wise thing to do. If you're reading horoscopes, most astrologers write horoscopes for the rising sign because the rising sign, um, it rules what's known as the first house. And that point in the chart is special because it's, it's how we know ourselves, how you know yourself is how you know everything else, because everything that comes to you is tempered through your experience in your body, in your mind, in your being. Right. So, so when you, when you look at the rising sign, something very practical to do is read your horoscope for your rising sign, but also If you know a little bit about that sign, which you can do with an easy Google, or if someone's listening to this, they can email me and I'll, I'll tell them a little about their rising sign. Um, You can, there's an easy way to flip out, you know, go out of alignment with yourself and an easy way to flip back in. So with our rising signs, we're always looking to do that energy for us. So if you were a Libra rising, you would want to be creating balance within yourself instead of seeking to balance another human being who, you know, other people can be up and down too. And that could make you flip out and not feel as easeful in your life. Um, Same thing with other, other signs. Everyone has a way to flip out by doing their thing for someone else in the first house versus doing it and starting with the self, um, which paradoxically allows you to do it for others. Um, the moon sign, the trick is, oh yeah, it is kind of neat. I know. Um, It's cool. Cause I, so I'm a Libra, for example, I, John, you can go too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, you know, I'm, was born, I guess the other elements depends on my year, right. And what time I was born. Um, can I use myself as an example? Totally. Yeah, and that I want to, I want to get into Lionsgate and everything for everyone else too, because I read up and I know it's like a high frequency time for us to make some choices, but I don't know that we even know what choices to make during that time. So if I know these three power three, and then I go, you know, say I'm, I'm struggling or I feel stuck or you know, some other kind of struggle. What, you know, how can astrology plus yoga, like really, how would I start integrating that into my life as a practice? That's so beautiful. Um, So let's take the example of, of the Libra energy, right? Classic Libra energy at its best can, can see past opposition, right? It can see the benefit in the other, right? It can see the unity in all things. Um, Now, when Libra energy flips out, we think of the scale being in balance, but really the scale, the type of scale they're showing is a, you know, the scales that swing up and down. And just like that Libra energy can swing up and down so that the highs can be high and the lows can be low. And for a person who naturally values balance, that can be frustrating. Um, I myself have a Libra moon, so I'm speaking from my own experience as well. So we're all Libras are bipolar. (laughs) Not not bipolar, but sometimes people might say to you, oh my gosh, like you seemed fine a minute ago and now you're, you know, down here. And, and it's, it's, it's that energy of coming back into the balance or to see the truth of what goes up must come down, right? Mm-hmm. What goes down must come up and to recognize the natural fluctuations of life. So, um, cool. so with, 
Yeah. So with, with that sign, you'd, you'd work on, on that. And let's say if you knew that was your moon sign, you'd work on that emotionally, mm-hmm. right? If you knew that was your sun sign, you'd work on that, um, in the way that you show up and shine out and do it for others often. And if you knew it was your rising sign, you would do it inside yourself. Now, the trick is if anyone out there and everybody is Libra in their chart wants to balance Libra energy, you go to the places in the body that manifest Libra energy the most. Hmm. So for Libra, we're talking about the lumbar spine. Um, so the low back, keeping that in balance is really important because if that's not in balance, the whole spine goes out of whack. That's just, you know, anatomy. That's so cool. So this chair is a, like, it's literally for lumbar and it like, it's called all 33 and it literally curves in because when I have that lumbar support, I actually feel more grounded and present in my life. Oh my God. That's so cool. Totally. And you know, this is exciting me. I'm, I actually can't believe I haven't been more attracted to this over my years. It's really kind of cool. Like sometimes every once in a while I'll meet someone and I'll just ask them, do you have a ton of this in your chart? Because I'll see their, their physical anatomy and how they're holding the body. Right. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, "Mm, I think that person, you know, not always, some people don't um, always manifest it externally so that it can be seen, but, but it does show up. And it is funny how often that happens. The other place of Libra in the body is, is going to be the heart. Mm right? The heart is a place where we find balance because we receive energy through the back of the heart physically. Mm -hmm. Um, the energy of love, universal support, that's the chakra of it, right? The anahata chakra, which, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in Sanskrit means that which is unstruck or unbeaten, um, which is sort of a joke because your heart beats, right? But also an interesting thing because the heart can't be stricken down. Nothing can destroy the actual heart space of the body. And then of course, the balance of that is sending, sending the love out, um, from, from your heart. And so there's, that's also a Libra quality because Libra is ruled by, by Venus. Oh, very cool. Wow. That's so me. So can you do Taurus real quick? I mean, I, and I mean, I guess we probably, uh, at the end, we'll cover how you can help people, you know, with their, their information like this too. Do you, do you want to do it, Shonda? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Are you a Taurus? I am a Taurus. That is my um, sun sign. My rising sign is um, Virgo and my moon is in Scorpio. Beautiful. So Taurus and Scorpio are zodiac opposites. Mm -hmm right? So they're, they're right across from each other. And so you said moon, Scorpio, rising Virgo, sun in Taurus. Yeah. So you have a double earth energy there with Virgo being an earth energy and Taurus being an earth energy. Virgo is the mutable energy of earth. And the key there, if we're talking about flipping out, flipping back in is Virgo likes to organize things. Oh yeah. <laughs> or the, She's or so the good best. at that too. I love that about her. <laughs> it is, it is wonderful. Like Virgos sometimes get a bad rap for being too organized, but really what they're doing is trying to organize things for, for the highest good. Mm-hmm. Now the trick with Virgo rising is can you organize yourself without entering into self-critique? right? Because if, if you have a vision for perfection and we all exist in the plane of beautiful, messy humanity that we're in, Mm -hmm. um, can you be both self-organizing in a way that brings out the love and the thoughtful process that is the heart of Virgo energy, right? And so that's, that's the rising trick is to not need to organize others or to control your environment, but to rest in the power of self control. Mm-hmm. Now with the Taurus sun sign, that's, that's the energy of self possession. How can I stand in my own self 
presence. And so those two together create a lot of, actually all three of these have a lot of power. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of like holding with the two fixed signs, Scorpio and Taurus, there's an energy of holding the element that they have. So with, with Taurus, you're holding the energy of what is practically around you, your physical body, your possessions around you, the resources you use. Um, and Taurus, by the way, is also ruled by Venus. They're the two signs in the Zodiac ruled by Venus. And so again, we're talking about the heart, but instead of the lumbar spine, as we talked about with Venus, now we're talking about the neck. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a double hitter with the neck because you also have that Virgo rising, which um, is ruled by Mercury, which corresponds to the throat chakra. So if you're thinking about that, you can think about how do I align my heart with my voice, right? Mm -hmm. Or rather the voice with the heart, because the heart is always going to be more correct than the voice. And of course the throat chakra where the heart is receiving and giving love the throat is listening and speaking. So how can I do that in balance is the question there. And then Scorpio, the Scorpio, you said Scorpio moon, right? Mm -hmm. Is, is the holding of the emotional depth. So sometimes Scorpio, Scorpio is a water sign. Sometimes people forget. Mm -hmm. Um, And Scorpio rules um, is in your third chakra. So that's the power center, the solar plexus of the body. How do you give energy or hold energy? And it also rules, um, the, the actual reproductive organs of the body and that pelvic floor area. So when we're thinking about Scorpio individuals, um, holding, that energy, which is the energy of creation itself, right? It doesn't have to be um, taken to be sexual, although certainly those are used in that way, but that's that Scorpio sign rules that energy, which is the potency at the root of the Kundalini energy, which is that energy that rises up. (laughs) And so holding the Scorpio emotional depth there can actually give you access to higher states of consciousness by balancing what is above and what is below. And so the Scorpio, like it's a really beautiful, interesting combo that has a lot of power and a lot of depth um, that might not be seen at first, right? Because of the fixed signs, they don't tend to show up with it forward facing. Um, But people who are around you might notice after some time, like, oh, she really does what she says she'll do, holds a lot of depth, holds a lot of space. Um, and to have that balance of the Taurus and the Scorpio is what do you hold in your base and how do you communicate and hold that for others? Right. So I love that. How insightful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> She's sure. all about sound. Have, I wonder how many bulls you have that are opening that throat chakra. Um, several. Actually. I know, right? Because <laughs> we're naturally attracted to these things. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we also wanted to talk to you about the lion's gate. Um, and really, what are some of the practices that we should be doing during the 8-8 gate? I love the lion's gate portal, um, especially this year, this year is so powerful for the lion's gate for a couple of reasons. So the lion's gate happens every year on eight, eight, and it's always powerful. Um, it's actually one of the secrets of the Egyptian pyramids as they line up with this moment, um, because it's a, it's a moment of alignment with the earth, the sun, and what's known as the soul star Sirius, right? Which is up there in Canis major. And so this alignment is calling in, um, light. So we're in Leo season, which is why it's called the lion's gate, right? Which is, um, this season of the sun. Leo is the one sign ruled by the sun. It's the heart of summer. And in the Northern hemisphere, of course, most of the land mass of the world. And so it's calling in the energy of light. And there's energy of light that comes from the literal sun, but there's energy of light that comes from the soul star. So we can think about light in two ways, the light that 
is manifest that we can see. And the light that sprinkles in that encourages us to actually infuse our bodies with light. And so the lion's gate every year is that alignment. This year, it aligns with a powerful new moon. So we, we have two full moons this season, which are really interesting of their own accord. So two full moons in Aquarius, right? Which is the opposite of Leo. And then the new moon in Leo occurs on the eight, eight lion's gate portal. So the wow was open now. Well, and there's high frequency every new moon. Like I don't they, I, I think in yoga culture, they actually say, you know, the new moon opens up today and make sure that you let go of all your shit the day before kind of thing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Because, we- and, and isn't that kind of what you're supposed to do with the lion's gate too? Like, what or what are maybe I should say what are some of the practices that you would recommend or you know whether it's yoga or just even the ritual of it what 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 have you seen what would you recommend what would you do how how can we really amplify the gate (laughs) we're gonna walk through the gate and meet the lion and everything (laughs) so the lion is the heart Right. And so all of us has a lion's heart. Um, The lion is also the upper back. And so first things first, these gates are more powerful. If you set a conscious intention, Um, there's two things, right? We're infusing the body with light to do that. Light breaks up density, right? Um, So if you have, think about like a dark room, if you turn on a light, you didn't have to fight the darkness. You just turn on a light and the darkness goes away, right? Um, it's like that with our bodies. Um, if, if there's something you're ready to release, shine the light of conscious awareness on it, right? Um, if there's something you want to empower inside you, shine the light of conscious awareness on it and it will be amplified and brightened. And so the The main thing is whether there's a problem you'd like to solve or a goal you'd like to reach toward, draw it to mind and shine your conscious awareness on it and set your intention because new moons are both moments of release and moments of new beginnings. Mm -hmm. Now, once you have your intention, right, whatever you've chosen, then, and try to choose, I know it's hard, try to choose just one one powerful thing. Like, what do you really want? It's a good Mm -hmm. question. We should all ask ourselves, what do you really want? Not all of the things, just one for now. Next year, you can choose another thing after this thing comes true. So (laughs) then for practices, um, Ujjayi Pranayama, if if you're a loving breather, it's the breath of the victorious uprising. Everybody can do it safely. It's the drawing in of the navel toward the spine. That's the inside belly button. Doesn't matter what outer flesh does, but you're drawing it in and you're breathing into a wide, broad chest. And there's a slight sound you make. Exactly. (laughs) So if you can do that for a while, even if you're not doing a full yoga practice, that's a great thing to do. It heats you up though. So if you are hot or in a hot room or something like stop it after a while, you don't, you don't need to overheat. Um, and then the other practices I would do are huge heart openers. Mm-hmm. Now that'll be different for different bodies. Cause everybody has a different way that their spine manifests. So whether that's just cactusing your arms and opening your heart and looking up mm-hmm. could be that. Some people who practice a lot of yoga might enter a full upward facing bow or wheel pose. Um, Some people who do it a lot might go further. Um, There are certainly deeper backbend variations, but whatever it means for you and for our Taurus friends, you can try keeping your neck in alignment and pressing the back of the head back. So when you're doing that, you're you're keeping the neck in alignment, but you're trying to bend the upper vertebrae of the spine beneath the neck, 
which is difficult because that's where your ribs are, right? So they're the slowest ones usually to bend, but that's what we're trying to do is say, how can I burst my heart open so that all of the light can come in? And then after that, open the back space. I mean, warm up, you know, to whatever deep back bend you're doing and then open the back space of the heart. Actually, if people need a practice, I have a lion's gate practice I can um, share with you. It might be, yeah, gosh, we should learn this live on the eight. Oh my gosh, this is, and actually do the practice, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, this is, you know, I don't know, it makes me want to go, okay, so where am I going to set up my ritual area? Um, And, you know, one of the things that I love doing at the end of yoga is getting at one of those round bolsters and just laying on it and opening up, you know, what that seems like it would do both. And you can tip your head off of it. And you could also open up that throat chakra too. Totally. You could do this in like a half an hour doing that on the eighth. <laughs> I love that. You can do this as a restorative practice too. You know, our active yeah. practices are great, but also if you want to lay back and just let the heart open on its own, mm-hmm. that's a really beautiful practice. Cause Leo also rules the third eye chakra. And so we're talking about the balance of heart and mind. And when those two places are aligned, we have everything, right? How often do we have a conflict between our heads and our hearts though? We're like, my heart wants this, my brain (laughs) wants this. But when we, when we come together in alignment, you know, that is the light. And that is the gift of this time is it's so much easier to do that. Yeah, it's funny that don't go ahead, Jonda. Do you have any other ceremonial practices for the Lionsgate portal? Absolutely. So I do. I mean, it depends on people's personal practices. I am a big fan of mantra yoga. So the act of using mantra to enter meditation. I'm a big fan of mudra yoga. Um, So I'll give you Mm -hmm. one mudra to do because mudras. We can all do them. And since we're on video, this will be easy. And this is called the Abhaya Hridaya Mudra. Okay. And when you dictate it so that people who aren't on video can hear it. I will. I will. So so this means the fearless heart, right? And the Hridaya actually means not just the heart inside ourselves, but this idea of the universe, that we're in a universal heart where we're all connected. So you cross your hands at the wrist. Good. And now you're going to hook your fingers, uh, pointer to pointer, middle to middle, ring to ring. Now you see your thumbs are hanging out. So you're going to take your, your ring fingers and unhook them and touch the thumbs. Okay. Now hold this in front of your heart and just breathe into your heart. Tell us the name of this one more time. Abhaya Hridaya. So Abhaya, um, so this is Abhaya Mudra. You see statues doing it. It means no fear, right? Okay. Like kind of like to abide, right? In Mm -hmm. fearlessness. And then Hridaya is the heart. It's one word for the heart. And I love this. So yeah. you can feels do it. Good. Yeah. It feels very heart opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have amazing nerve endings in our fingers, you know, like reflexology and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, the Zodiac is written on the body. It's also written in the nerves and the channels of the hands. And so there's, there's something amazing about even simple practices like this, like if, and my advice, if someone's creating a lion's gate ritual for themselves, like pick two or three things, you don't have to do everything for it to be powerful. In fact, that might take you out of your practice, but just having something like this where you say, okay, I'm going to breathe 10 times, 20 times, and then I'm going to close my eyes and feel into my own heart space that can be a really powerful ritual. You know, you can do something with light and fire too. If you want to light 
a lovely beeswax candle or, um, or simply go out and sit in the sun on the eighth and say, come on in, <laughs> I'm ready. Um, you yeah, know, it's like grab a journal and universe speak through me almost too, right? You know, I'm creating this intention and what are we creating together? Yeah. And these are moments, but this power exists inside all of us at any moment. Like this is, you know, it's not something like, yes, it's a good moment to do it. It's coming in. It's going to be easier. It's going to be a good time in alignment for you, but also, you know, your power to do this is always with you. Mm -hmm. Um, These practices are meant to awaken what is your birthright that you already have. Do you, go ahead. I would just one more question here. Okay. Um, Do you often like, you know, I get like certain things done or like a tattoo on a date that, you know, energetically feels like this is the date to, to do it. You know, sometimes it matches up with the holiday. It's like, I started this garden on, you know, Memorial Day or something like that, right? And then, you know, the next Memorial Day, I'll have like my my Memorial of Garden. I was just kind of curious if we're going to follow astrology in doing some of these creations, what would you recommend? Definitely. So there are seasons of life where different things are more appropriate. And there are also certain dates where you are going to be in heightened power for yourself. So Mm -hmm. doing things like that certainly creates a lot of meaning and power and potency. And so, you know, there are, there are astrologers who make their whole practice, you know, advising businesses when to sign contracts or, you know, um, telling people what the best date to do such and such is. And I think it's a, is it a JP Morgan quote where he said, millionaires don't use astrology billionaires do like there's a oh, lot really? that, yeah yeah well maybe I started paying more attention now <laughs> wow. wow yeah so there's a lot of things you can do just to say like does this line up are is the energy favorable mm-hmm. that being said you can't let that become a a block to you living life so yeah. if if you are a um a more nervous minded person to, to worry about, should I do this? Should I do that on this day? You know, don't worry, live your life. But, but if you're wondering, you know, I'm planning a, a wedding or a family reunion or a whatever, is there a time which would be aligned with, with my chart? Is there a time when I'm likely to be in a good energetic space for that? Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're planning something larger, um, like a surgery, like a tattoo, like a wedding, like a, I don't know, other important event, your birthday is set though. (laughs) (laughs) Don't change it. (laughs) That is astrologically written, right? It's the solar return. (laughs) Uh Yeah. No. And I think just following intuition seems often to, to match up you know, it's funny um, in the past, I interviewed somebody that really talked about uh, the order of the universe and timing of it. And this just makes me think, gosh, well, there's no wonder that a Taurus or a Virgo would be very different than a Libra. I mean, we need all these flavors in our world because we're not meant to be the same. We're meant to have our own unique blueprint on the world, basically. And this is just, you know, it, I just never really matched the two as I didn't really match, you know, how, you know, these different, you know, areas in our chart can also, you know, be helped by having some yoga practices to open up those areas. It makes so much sense. And it's kind of surprising that not more people are talking about it and actually living by it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like way, way back, they used to live this way. And now it's just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, maybe. (laughs) I mean, that's almost how people approach it. And I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm feeling a little different now about it. Yeah, so true. These are tools for life. Yeah, totally. 
Can we segue into the five elements um, and how they help us uh, guide us towards our desires? The five elements? Mm -hmm. They do. So, so Which, the, what are the five? Are, <laughs> I can't talk. Five. What are the five elements? The five elements. So there's earth, mm -hmm. water, fire, and air. And then there's the fifth element, um, the quintessence, the akasha, whatever, the ether, whatever you'd like to call it. And that's the thing that permeates everything, right? The other elements represent other aspects of life, right? And then the akasha sort of holds it and weaves it together and transmutes through it. So, so earth represents all things practical, tangible, what can be seen, felt, touched, um, our bodies, right? Um, our resources. Water represents all things intuitive, psychic, and emotional. So those, those senses you get, right? Um, the, the deep feelings that come up when things happen, the connectivity we feel toward others. Mm -hmm. um, fire represents inspiration, the, the sort of almost intangible, right? Because you can't touch fire, really. It'll burn mm -hmm. you. But really, even if you touched it, you, you can't touch it. Um, so that's mm -hmm. spirit. Um, it, that's the stuff, like the light that's in people's eyes, the spark you feel when you're like, yes, I need to go do that. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then air is the mental quality, thought, speech, um, those ways that we communicate using our minds. And so, and then the Akasha or the fifth element ties it all together. So each of the Zodiac signs is assigned an element, um, <laughs> None of them are the fifth element. The fifth element permeates all. Okay. And I thought when, I was the fifth element. <laughs> we all are. We all are somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're all all the elements, and you need them, right? Like you can see from what they represent to live a whole life. Yeah, you need practical reality. You need spirit. You need thought. You need love. Um, it's all there. But if you want to know a little bit about your desires, if you want to look at your Venus sign, Venus rules, what makes life worth living? And sometimes, you know, we sometimes we write it off because we're like, how important are aesthetics, right? Because Venus does rule aesthetic taste also. Mm -hmm. But Venus is that thing that makes life worth living. There's a quote, I forget who said it, it says beauty is its own reason. And this isn't just like the beauty that's skin deep that can come and go and is, you know, it can be bought at the department store, but this is like the real beauty of life. Like, what's it feel like to go out in a forest, right? What's it feel like to stand and look at the whole shoreline of the ocean? Um, what's it feel like to be in deep love with a partner, um, a child that you've had, a family member that you've cherished, a friendship, right? Um, in some cases, even a beloved pet, right? What's it mean to love something or to love an activity? And so, so with Venus, it your element can actually show you how you most want to love and how you most want to be loved. And so, um, and these elements come into play with all the signs, but you can imagine a person with a fiery Venus might want to love in a very, um, in a very direct, passionate sort of way. A person with a watery Venus might want to love in a very connectivity oriented, like emotionally based way. A person with an earthy Venus might show love through organizing things for others or um, showing up for others or heading the meeting or being the person who feeds the family, right? Um, and a person with an airy Venus might really be a great listener who shows love by communicating with others and offering thought itself. And so all of that, you know, you can do for yourself with your Venus sign. Mm -hmm. Like if you have an airy Venus, listen to yourself, right? <laughs> love yourself in that way. If you have a, a Taurus Venus, yeah, do something practical, feed your body, care for yourself, you know, go for a walk, be in nature, 
Mm -hmm. Um, if you have, you know, any other numbers, you'll, you'll choose the right activity and that can actually bring us toward our desires more because it's an esoteric truth where if you have a little, you'll get a lot, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a little love, a little seed of love that you've given yourself or you've given to someone else, it almost doesn't matter. More love is coming so Mm -hmm. much more. Um, and so if you can hack that with your Venus sign, your life can expand into the quality that makes it worth living. And that's going to help everything from your dharmic purpose to your ability to just be a pleasant person to those around you, um, to your ability to actually bring joy. We've all been around someone who's joyful and we've all thought, I like, I like being around her or him. Right. I like, I like that. And we don't know why always we're just like, they're great. Right. The vibe. Mm -hmm. It is. And you can do that for others. We all can do that. And imagine if we all went home today and balanced our, our Venus signs and the world had just that much more love, Mm -hmm. you know, the light that you hold, the light that I hold everybody else. Um, many problems might be solved quickly. Yeah. Well, here at the real raw you, (laughs) we are very much about knowing yourself better. (laughs) And usually when people really get to know themselves, they love themselves and Mm -hmm. then they spread the love. (laughs) It's true. Mm -hmm. So Emily, will you tell us about your, um, your membership program? I would love to. So I, I love the membership. I just started it um, several months back in an effort to make this stuff accessible to people, all people. So I have two tiers of the membership, and I think they're both designed to really get anybody at any level ready to go. I have people in the membership who are professional astrologers themselves. I have people in the membership who are complete beginners and everywhere in between. And so there's two tiers. The first tier is so affordable and it packs in a lot. So you get a 50 some odd page, I think a 50 ish page membership booklet every um, month. So every Zodiac season giving information for each of the signs, as well as an overview of the Zodiac, um, what's going on and sort of a play-by-play of the month. You get an online astro yoga library that's searchable by actual yoga practice by signs. So you can, you can click or you can get the latest one. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, and so those are, those are all taught by me and they're just, they're, they're full practices. And so like, for example, I have a Lionsgate practice up there right now, and you can try that out and do that. Um, and then you get ask me anything sessions that are about twice a month. I usually cover the new moons and the full moons and whatever else is going on. And then I answer people's questions. If they can't make it, I also send the recording, not of the personal chart parts because, you know, but, but of the, I do a play-by-play at the beginning and, and yeah, and then they also get discounts on any personal astrology readings they'd like to have. And then the upper tier membership is a little more, although it's actually less right now because I'm doing an introductory several months than the price of a regular astrology reading. And those people get everything the other people get. They get a better discount on extra readings and um, for themselves or their friends or their family, but they also get a reading every month that's personal. And um, those people I let text me if they have questions in between. So I give, I give them my number and I I'll pull tarot cards or I'll, I'll glance at their chart. If something's happened and they're saying, what's, what's going on, you know, right now for me, you know, is there anything going on in my second house? So if you were like one of those people planning the party or the garden or whatever, that's a good option. And so that's the membership program. Um, if anybody wants to try it, who's listened to this, I do have a special code I can give them to try the, the basic one um, for a first month of only 777, another, another magic number. <laughs> 
Um, and that code is ASTRO, A-S-T-R-O. And we'll put that code uh, down below <laughs> so you can okay. find it along with the links to your website um, and online readings and the membership program. So it's $7.77. It is. Yeah. For the okay. first month. Cause okay. I want people to try it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Seven. it's not, I was like seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. So people don't panic. They're like, that doesn't seem very affordable. <laughs> like It's more than the, yeah. The lower tier is usually $27. So I tried okay. to make it really like, Oh yeah. Cause that one, like a, like a way to live this yeah. on an ongoing basis. That's really cool. Totally. Yeah. Like something for everyone. Who's like, I want to start you know, and, yeah. and it is robust. So I just, I just want a lot of people to be able to do that. Um, even if they're not able to maybe go get an, a reading every single day or every single month or week, um, to have that. And then the people who want it every month, um, can pop in to the other one, although that one's limited, um, in number because of the, the personal attention. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, great. Wow. Well, very cool. Well, and I guess go ahead and pimp yourself out. Like where can they find you on Instagram and other sites and things like that? That'd be great. Oh yeah. I'd love to connect with anyone who's in your audience. Cause you guys are so lovely. Um, so my name, Emily Ridout is my website, emilyridout.com. It's pretty easy. Um, I'm on Instagram as Emily Ridout Astro Yoga. I'm on Facebook. I think it's under Emily Ridout Yoga and Astrology there. Um, I'm on, I don't know. I just got on YouTube recently. <laughs> um, let's see, which is, they're all Emily Ridout Astro Yoga. So um, you can find me on there. You'll find information on readings, teacher trainings, website um, stuff, memberships, all on my website. And um, if anybody has questions, they can reach out to me on any of those venues. I could just see why people would want to join it. It's really yeah, cool. Absolutely. You're and you're so knowledgeable. Oh my gosh. I felt like we could just ask you anything and you had like miles deep of knowledge below. <laughs> had to sort of forge my own way to be like, hello world, listen to this stuff. Ancient knowledge we've forgotten. <laughs> yes. Right. So well, Emily, thank you so much. This has been an absolutely delightful conversation and hope to have you back again someday.